why you started drag, how you started drag, the evolution of the sad clown, maybe. Is yeah. is is that is can I can I say that is that something that yeah, yeah okay good yeah, yeah. Okay. you know what it's so funny I was at a gig not long ago and um, one of the other performers came up to me and was like oh, I really like you but I'm so scared of clowns <laughs> I don't like, know if that's a compliment or I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm constantly terrified of you doll so like. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of no genders, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to Driving You Homo, the radio show podcast YouTube extravaganza, where we delve into everything within the queer sphere that you need to hear. So, let's get started. As always, I'm Wayne Carter, cabaret burlesque comedian, radio presenter, and all-round drag shambles. And today I'm joined live in the virtual studios by the sad glitch. <laughs> I got I got as far as the intro, Anita. I got as I got as far as the intro. I did all of that and then word vomit at the end. The sad gay clown herself is Anita Pierce. Everyone, hey Anita, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I just I can't. I can't. I got all the way. I got all the way to that, and then I couldn't. Maybe it's your beauty. It's your beauty. It's speechless. That's what it is. It's something. <laughs> it's something. Speechless. So I, I, I introduced you as the sad gay clown. Can you explain what it means to you? Like, because when we, when, when you think of drag. Uh, you're a drag performer and I've known you for many minutes now and I have always seen you with this sort of sad, morose, moody kind of life is that kind of, that kind of um, unspoken um, but drag usually or typically is very high energy, very happy, very energetic, very bright and bubbly and you've gone the opposite direction um, why have you done that? And um, it's great. <laughs> You're like, what? Like, why? <laughs> but it's great. Like, I, I, I remember the first time I saw you. So can, can you explain, was there an evolution? Or was there, like, when you started doing drag, did you go, okay, this is what I need to be doing? No, no. Like, when I first started, um like even painting my face, I was trying to copy people like Valentina or, you know, RuPaul's makeup or somebody um, that looks really glam and it just never worked. Mm. So I kind of knew from that point that like the way that my face is structured um, and the way that I paint is much more like cartoonish mm -hmm. than character driven. Um, and that's kind of where it, it began. It didn't become that sort of um, the sad gay clown <laughs> until <laughs> sort of towards the end of the gold rush, really. When what was that like? Mm. 19? Twenty. Well, it must have been because I, I did mine. I was season one of the gold rush, and that was twenty eighteen. And I've since gone on a journey myself, so I can I can only imagine like you've also gone on a journey as well. So you said you did you did gold rush, which is a a drag competition show based in London. Um, it's also on YouTube, so you can go on to... Is it called Trash TV? Trash 
Trash TV. Trash yeah. TV. And you can search for Gold Rush and you'll find both myself in season one and Anita Piss in season... Deuce? Deuce? Two? Dos? Dos? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bilingual. Uh, no? No. Uh, nine. <laughs> nine? <laughs> No, that's nine. Yeah, that's that's the German for no. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, um, so you said you you started in sort of like trying to look beautiful and glamorous, but then you, as a was that as a part of uh, sorry, was it as a part of Gold Rush that you started the Sad Gay Clown, or was it sort of toward the tail end of the Gold Rush, or was it after Gold Rush? Where where did you sort of mm. what was the sort of light spark? Was there a light spark moment where you went? This is where I need to be going with my drag. Yeah. Um, it was, so I started off doing the Gold Rush, and the Gold Rush was the first time I'd ever performed in public. Um, and if you look back at the pictures, oh, my gosh, I look so different. Um, and I was just going for that sort of regular drag look. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really know what they're doing. A bit of lipstick and, no, hope that's okay. Um, and then towards the end of gold rush when i did um the satisfaction number that was kind of when it really clicked for me like Mm -hmm. oh this is my thing and then i was able to kind of build on that i remember the first because i was at the gold rush season two i was hidden away at the back of the room (laughs) and by the back of the room i was standing like side stage just going you're terrible ah (laughs) Uh, which is so unlike me it's so unlike me um but so i was i was at the gold rush and i remember seeing your uh, one of your first routines i can't remember oh i'm just trying to remember the song because it was a, a high energy song it was essentially like i can't remember the song but it was like Jennifer Lopez, let's get loud. But instead of you like being high energy and going, let's get loud, it was you sitting on a stool going like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't remember. What was the song? Can you tell me this? Can you remember? I'm excited. I'm so excited. I knew it was something high energy. So you were doing, um, I'm so excited. And then you were sitting on a stool. That was the first time I saw you. And I was like, this is everything I need in my life. This right here. And so like, doing the sort of the juxtaposition i think the opposite of what people expect so is that is that sort of when you're thinking of drag routines now so like your um what was it screwdriver or the 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 builder routine that you've got um is very camp and high uh high energy but like in a sort of subversive way do you think with your drag do you think subversion or like, do you think sort of twisting it on its head a bit is important? I do because, uh, well, I can't dance and I can't sing. Mm-hmm. So I can't move very freely on the stage. I, I never look, I'm never going to come on and be doing death drops and the splits and the jumping. It's just not the skill that I've got. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, there needs to be something to engage the audience. Because if I'm there and I look quite awkward, and I either need to get them to laugh with me or mm-hmm. to like me. Um, so I chose the easier option, which was to laugh. And I guess what I was trying to do is they're expecting me to come on and you know, do Ariana Grande and whip my hair around. So I thought I'd just do the complete with, opposite. I would live to see you do that, though. <laughs> 
Like literally, <laughs> like I think I think when like now that you're starting to get a bit of a name for yourself and people around certain scenes will see you and go like, I know who this diva is. I I could imagine you going to the glory and and maybe like doing a number um as like a go for the gold rush and like going as like a mentor and going like this is how you do it and like yeah. twisting on its head and doing an Ariana Grande number and then people be like what what is <laughs> like who is she and where did she come from and why is she doing this is not normal Anita this is crazy like that would yeah. that would mess with my head um yeah. so uh, we've mentioned the gold rush a few times and you have been fortunate enough some some of the previous because it's now it's season five i believe is that correct are we at season four well is wait four. who who was your winner munro yeah well it's been it's been announced munro adams is the right. winner of season two then um and then it was uh dick day in season one then it yeah. was uh drag king by the name of whose name is completely blanking in my head in denial. In denial. Yeah. Ah, I was in my head. I was thinking of Max Legroom the whole time, and I'm like, <laughs> that is not even close to right because Max was with me in season one. Um, so in denial, one he won uh, season three. So it must be season four. Yeah. Can't. Okay, great. So I've got. I went on that sort of uh, <laughs> number journey uh, by myself. So we're in season four of the Gold Rush, and. Uh, some of the previous uh, performers from season one, two, three have been invited to be a mentor uh, for season. Is it a mentor or an ambassador or what's going on? Because I didn't, I, I, I missed that call. I did not, I didn't, I didn't get. So Taylor, if you're listening, I didn't get that call. Um, I have much. I have a lot of. I have a lot of. I have no. I have nothing. I have nothing. So maybe she put it wrong, babe. Yeah. Oh, well, I've got I've got a new drag name now. So maybe she didn't. Maybe it was lost in translation. Maybe she was like, who, "Who's this Lia Bell character? I don't know who that is." <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. So Taylor, you dodged a bullet there, gal. Um, <laughs> no. So 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 obviously Taylor invited you because you have, um, uh, what's the word? Like a variety and like you've got something. There is something within you that is like, and you're cure. <laughs> what is, is there a cure? Um, <laughs> no. So like you, you, you're caring, you're empathetic, you're nurturing, and you have the talent. You have something that's there that, that, you know, that it factor that people are like, Oh, mm. the nicest thing you've ever said to me. And that's the only time you'll ever get. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to compliment. I try to compliment people and genuinely, genuinely people are like, wait, why are you being nice to me right now? So, like, my brand is, like, I'm an evil, horrible person, but I don't mean to be. I genuinely love everyone anyway. Um, so, um, so you, yeah, so Taylor invited you, like, what is, what's the journey like in terms of season four? Because you're, is it an ambassador? Is it a mentor? What is, what is going on with season four currently? Um, so it's really exciting, actually. So we were called curators. Mm -hmm. So um, there's, I think there was eight weeks of heat, mm -hmm. and each week had two curators. So, so that's um, two. Two times eight is sixteen. Yeah. 
So out of three, I mean, it's out of three. Just just for my edification, the uh, so eight weeks, sixteen performers, three different seasons, and I did not. Anyway, that's great. Thanks, Taylor. Don't do the math. <laughs> I've, I've got I've got dyscalculia. I'm 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 grateful yeah. I'm even here. Uh, <laughs> no, so 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 Taylor, so Taylor invited you to be a curator. There's been eight weeks, sixteen different or. Uh, two every heat and um, what's going what's going on there so um each curator had to find three people to join their team mm -hmm. and then it was like team against team on the night so it was me against uh keely craving please tell wait so oh, you've you've done you, you've done oh i mean that that double act is like <laughs> keely craving is ridiculous and yeah, I'll, i've told it to her face she is I mean, I've told yeah. everyone to their face. Um, so, did you? Ha, has it been? It's been. You've done your heat. You, you've done your. Your three have performed. Um, yeah. Of, can you say? What would you like to shout out the names of the performers? Can you remember them? Are they? Um, yeah. are, they are they still in your? Have you forgotten them now? Are they? Are <laughs> they complete? Are they completely <laughs> dead to you? <laughs> Could you Everybody. imagine? Um, tea. <laughs> so I had uh, Magenta Tea, mm -hmm. who's a wonderful uh, voguing uh, drag artist, I very, very talented. Mm -hmm. I had Libido, who's another really talented performer. I definitely go and follow them as well. Mm -hmm. all three. Um, and then my third choice was Ophelia Payne. Um, another really exciting drug performer. Um, unfortunately, they couldn't make it on that particular night, but I think they're coming back later on. Oh, I hope so. so. Well, fingers crossed. So, uh, so of the of the performers, how did it work in terms of... Because I, I wasn't privy to this situation because Taylor didn't invite me to be a curator. <laughs> Taylor, you did not invite me to be a curator. <laughs> I'm not bitter though. I'm not bitter. I'm busy. I've got the radio station. I've got. I've got the YouTube. I've got lots of things. I'm busy, Taylor. Don't even worry about it. It's totally fine. But <laughs> I. Got, I could never make time. I'm so booked and blessed. I'm so booked and blessed. But so, when? Uh, how did it work in terms of? Um, did people have to slide into your DMs? Did you have to choose people from like hundreds and thousands of people? Were there? millions of hopefuls that were like oh, i want to do the gold rush and then i want to be on team piss like what was the journey there um so there were lots of people applied mm. um i didn't get huge amounts i'm very disappointed thank Graham. yeah so <laughs> so people looked at you and went oh no we don't want the sad gay clown we want the sad gay clown that didn't win <laughs> Not bitter at all. Not bitter at all. <laughs> oh, I live. So, like, so people slid into your DMs and were like, yeah. hey, Anita, um, I'm thinking about doing the gold rush. Yeah. Like, can you help me out? Um, what was it in? Do you feel like it was kind of like a drag mother kind of or like a, a drag parent sort of situation where you were like, I'm going to help you out a little bit. I'm going to show you some information. Or is it just like, you're on my team, best of luck? Like, what was the journey there? <laughs> it was um, it was interesting, actually, because I wasn't sure either how it would go. Yeah. Um, for me, it was, it was totally up to them. If there's anything that I could have provided, yeah. 
information, contacts, whatever. We don't know anybody, but <laughs> welcome to Tea Pits. So you get you get like you get a bottle of like a bottle of alcohol and like here's some tissues just in case you get sad, like. Um, so I kind of just said, you know, fortunately, the people that did apply to me, all of the people that applied mm. were really um, people that were I find interesting. Mm -hmm. so there was nobody that applied that I thought, oh, my God, we just wouldn't gel. Yeah. But there were people that I think struck me more than others. And that was kind of the chose. Um and I would create a little group chat and I would just say, you know, I'm here for anything if you need me. Um, give a few hints about the types of people that might come and see the gold rush. So that might impact the type of performance that you do. Mm -hmm. um, well, I mean, in saying that, and let's, I, I, I'm going to throw a little bit of shade in Munro's direction, but also it's a positive thing. Like, because, so, and you can, you can either agree with me or disagree with me. So season, season two of the Gold Rush, Munro Adams was crowned winner. Deservedly so. She did an amazing job. She's an, a beautiful performer, a wonderful performer. She may not know how to style wigs, as we recently learned uh, by the Jeremy Clark, uh, not Jeremy, uh, the, what's his name? What's the, Judge Rinder. Uh, yeah, so Judge Rinder has outed her as being a terrible wig maker. Um, but I mean, aside from that, she's she's gorgeous gal. But so what I was going to say is that at the glory, at, at the Gold Rush, which is based at the Glory, which is very East London, and the drag aesthetic there is very... There's a specific style of drag that sort of flourishes in that venue and in, the, in that sort of area of London. And Munro is not very typical of that sort of environment mm. or that scene. She's sort of more central Soho, but then also not not really that either she's her sort of her own sort of mm. her own vibe and so when she came in and i told her this from the jump uh when i first met her because this is the human i am i'm a terrible person but like i said to her i said you've got to be careful because like i'm excited i i, I was i think it was i was shocked when she got through in her heat because she did amazingly well like she did phenomenally well she deserved to get in and she deserved to win but I, there was the expectation in my head that the audience, because a lot of it is audience vote and all, also the judges, might have that preconceived or let go, like, I want to see this from the, the performers and I want to see this from the performers. And I, I just made the assumption, which obviously you make an ass out of you and me, um, yeah. uh, that she wouldn't go through because of the location. And... Yeah. You know, obviously she did amazingly well, so congratulations, well done. But um, did you... A testament to her, like, her ability to work an audience. She's very she... good at that. Oh, 100%. And to be able to bring those skills from sort of a Soho sort of background into an East London background, yeah. I could not have done, you know. I... It's a, well, I mean, I'm in a... I, what I will say is I, I empathise with Monroe because I do something similar in that I am... <laughs> I don't I don't fit into any scene. I'm sort of all over. Like I do gigs in Soho, I do gigs in East London, I do gigs in like outside of London and I don't do fit Oh yeah, I'm booked and blessed, babe. I'm booked and blessed. Don't worry, Taylor, it's fine. I don't need me to I don't need to be a curator. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. But like I don't so like where is where Monroe is malleable 
um, yeah. to any scene because she is talented and she's skillful in being able to like um, work an audience. I have the same sort of skill, but in the on the opposite side of the coin. Whereas I look like a smash crab, she's glamorous. Uh, but like we can work it out together. Do you, do, yeah. do you feel an affinity? Do you feel with your drag? Do you feel an affinity to like a, a specific vibe or a specific energy? So like, mm. obviously Monroe is her vibe, and she's got like sort of Soho kind of connections in terms of her aesthetic. Do you feel like yours is more inspired by East London drag or Central drag or? Like, where do your drag inspirations come from, I guess, is my question. Oh, that's a good question. Um, it's def I definitely feel more comfortable in East London. Yeah. Sometimes when I've done gigs, and especially when they're not expecting a drag queen that's going to be not doing a RuPaul stuff. Yeah. It, it's a shock for both of us. Yeah. It's a shock for them. They didn't realise it was happening. I didn't realise that they didn't know it was happening. So it's a bit disjointed yeah. and you can get that in places like the glory because people are already primed and ready for that sort of entertainment, I guess. Mm. Uh, well, I think it's, I think it's like, uh, like you're going to a stand up comedy event. Like if you're going to a stand up comedy gig, people are expected to sit down and expected to laugh. Like there is that expectation that's going to happen. You are silent, you are listening, you are attentive. That is what happens at stand up comedy. When you do like, a mixed bill night and you go like oh okay there's gonna be a stand-up comedian a burlesque performer a drag performer like and you have to sort of as a host of an event you have to sort of reset the room depending on the type of performer because you know the different performance style will depend on um what is going wrong so uh, what, what is going on on stage so i think uh my perception and way of thinking is that based on my performance style is that you can perform anywhere and this is a testament to monroe is that you can perform anywhere as long as you are as a performer able to grab the crowd with your um with your performance style but also the host who is hosting or curating the night they have a duty or responsibility to um to intro you on stage in a way that will set the audience to go okay so like me going you're the sad gay clown people are going to go okay we know exactly. who anita is now like there is that expectation whereas if i went oh the dancing diva of east london is anita pierce and people were like mm, what is going on like it wouldn't make sense so i think um yeah i think i think we can go anywhere i mean that's my thinking anyway yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, okay, I'm going to say something controversial yet brave. Ooh. Season two of The Gold Rush. Yeah. Are you, um, do you feel feelings? Because um, you're a massive loser? <laughs> um, I don't, I, I don't um any negative feelings about the whole thing. It was highly traumatic. Um, the PTSD continued. It's real. Just thinking about it, I feel a little bit wobbly. <laughs> it was such a great experience, though. 
De okay. okay, so my my question, my, I guess my question to you, I'm, I'm going to cut you off. Whoa. Sorry, the gay gods just got so excited. Um, so I'm going to, uh, you said you started the gold rush. You said you started doing live performing as a result of the gold rush. Yeah. Do you think, because this is a competition and competitions yeah. are oh my god they're a journey <laughs> they are a journey and i've been in multiple of them i'm currently in the process of organizing another one that's coming up right. in the coming weeks i will tell you off camera about what that is because it's going to be homophobic i'm going to look <laughs> a mess it's going to be gross but um so uh my question to you is uh if there is a drag performer out there a dragling uh starting drag in in the throes of the drag and they're thinking oh I'm thinking about doing this drag competition. I haven't performed before. Should I do the drag competition? What is your thoughts and opinions on sort of oh, drag yeah. competitions? I think it's amazing. I think it's the only way I would have been able to access a stage, mm -hmm. you know, and practice. And it gives you that opportunity to put stuff out there that you know isn't perfect, but you, you get the feedback to work on it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, I mean, where else are you going to go? <laughs> not, not my place. I tell you that much right now. Uh, so, <laughs> but I, I agree with you. And do, do you think feed? So, like, I we were talking off camera before about how I um, maybe sometimes, without permission, share my thoughts, feelings, and uh, critiques to people, whether they want them or not. Um, and it can come across slightly abrasive, but like. That's my brand, I guess. Um, so my, my question to you is, are you fine with critiques? Are you not fine with critiques? What's the journey there? I am fine with critique as long as I've invited it. Okay. And I think that goes to opinions of yeah. any kind with me. You know, I entered the competition because I wanted feedback. I wanted to learn and grow as a performer. Yeah. So regardless of how I felt, it went I always listened to what people were saying because then that's the audience they're the ones who decide really yeah. isn't it yeah exactly and I, I was saying this to Viv last week um so I had Vivian Bambam on last week um amazing uh oh she was from season two of the gold rush yeah. maybe yeah. maybe I should do like a gold rush and just get all <laughs> of the all of the season yeah. two performers um so I had Viv on last week and we we're saying how um I welcome critiques from people who are well-mannered and like well-intentioned yeah. and who have a small amount of knowledge or mm. are a part of the industry. That yeah. is where I'll go, yes, I will listen to you. So if you came up to me and were like, hey, Wayne, here's your drag and this is why it's terrible, I would go, mm. thank you, Anita, I've seen a mirror. I know my drag is terrible, but how can you, <laughs> like, how can you help me? Um, yeah. Whereas if sort of Linda from accounts at like a, a investment banking firm yeah. goes like, I've seen your drag, it's terrible. I'll be like, thanks Linda, bye. Like, you don't need that. And I think that's the vibe we're going on when it comes to drag competitions is that you enter the drag competition, don't, in my perspective is, I don't know about you, but I don't enter them to win. I enter them for stage time. I go, yeah. I need to grow my art. I need to grow my drag. I need to get better. How can I do that? Drag competitions. It just gives you that space. And it, I just thought of a, an interesting uh, piece of tea mm -hmm. that I can 
I can spill. Oh, oh, wait, no, no, no. Spill some tea. <laughs> oh, at driving you home, I were all about the tea. Wait, do I have a do I have a mug? I don't have. Oh, I don't have a mug, but I do have some <laughs> copy decks. Mm. Let's spill the copy decks. Mm. <laughs> so, in the gold rush, I I came bottom several times. <laughs> we we lip syncing for my life every week basically um but one week i was in the bottom against somebody else mm -hmm. um and one of the judges uh who had to decide whether or not to send me or this other person home um decided to keep the other person yeah because they were already friends right and that i thought was a really thing to do fine um, i i could i could bleep it out it's fine <laughs> Because, like, I don't mind you choosing me because, or not choosing me because you think less or you don't like as much what I've done. Yeah. But this sort of weird... Family. Uh, family, helping people out in that sort of situation doesn't sit well. It's a, it's a hard one because uh, I've... I, so I recently did uh, Lockdown Legends with Tea of Coffee hosting uh, something Wong, Wo Adams... Uh, Rose Garden, Poppycock, and uh, oh my god, I'm blanking on her name. Oh, I'm blanking on her name, and she's been on the radio show, and she her her paint is epic. Oh, I'm gonna quickly. Oh god, <laughs> Victoria's gone. No, it's Victoria's gone. I've got it. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I genuinely in my head, I was like, oh, what is my life? Why can't I remember this person's name? They're if you've not met oh Victoria, their paint is phenomenal. I just, I gen and they're a, they're a great human. Their paint is impeccable, and they're a fantastic singer. And I'm oh. just like, okay, great. Thanks for like, you know, stuff my drag. I'm dumb. For the rest of us. Um. So yeah. So I I was doing lockdown legends with them, and they are all, I I want to say most of them if not all of them are really close friends of mine really good friends of mine and uh, i ended up being eliminated week one because apparently that's my brand um <laughs> so and they were like but I, i've done shows or i've been on sort of competition show or nights where you know there's a there's a winner and a loser and uh so I'll use Tia Coffee as an example. Tia has said to me in the past where she's gone, you're a friend of mine, so therefore I'm going to judge you harsher than I would someone else because I have higher expectations of you. So I remember I was doing, I think it was Lip Sync War a couple of years ago, and I did an, a number, Your Disco Needs You with Kylie Minogue. And there's a moment in that song where there's a French cutout and I do not parlez-vous français. And so, so I don't want to say the lip sync moment was like, it was not, the lip sync was not as tight as it could have been. And, yeah. and, and Tia clocked me for it. And she was like, you know, I'm, I'm French speaking and I, I, I can clock you for this and you should be better. And I was like, okay, I'll do better next time. And then next time came around and she's like, you weren't better. And I was like... <laughs> I was busy. I was busy, but like, she, and she was like, "The routine is great. You, you're, you're a great performer. Obviously, it's there. But like, yes. yeah, obviously. But like, she was like, you know, you need to like step it up if you want to be friends with me. It's 
you know, you're at a hundred or you're nothing. Like, be better. That is the kind of, and I like that in a friendship. I like that in, like, especially a performer friendship. It's like you, I want to, I want you to succeed, and I want you to be the best version of yourself. And it sounds like this person who was judging, whose name we cannot mention, um, uh, yeah. may have had their friendship, and may have gone. I like that Relaska talks moment in All Stars when they kept saving Roxy. It's like you're a friend. I want to save you, and I get that vibe. I get that energy. Like if yeah. if we were on a if we were on a famous television competition show together, and like you you were, in a, <laughs> how dare how dare how dare I I <laughs> I I've got the personality. I've got the personality down. I just need I just need the drag. I would be like, I would be, I would get the villain edit so hard. I would get it so hard. And I wouldn't even. Yeah, I mean, but like, <laughs> if if you were on, if you were on, and then you were in the bottom two, um, I would, I would root for you. I would be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight for my sis because we have that pre-existing relationship. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so, but then if you're terrible, it's one of those situations where it's like, I know you were terrible, but also you're you know, your family and like your clothes, like we have a familial bond. So I can't, without names, because we obviously can't mention the names because it would be a bit shady, but, um, oh. but it, it, it'd be interesting to know and off camera, we'll talk about it and talk about who they are, but it will be interesting to know different dynamics and who, um, how things progress because if I was there and I was judging and it was you, Anita, versus someone I didn't know, it would be interesting to see how I would react in that situation mm. and go like, do I want to save my friend who was having maybe a bad week or do I want to save the person who was slightly better but objectively I don't have a familial bond with? It's, it's, but I mean, you, you, you made it through though, yeah? I know, yeah. So, yeah, so it's fine. So it's fine. So it's fine. So even though there's like years of trauma for, for the rest of your life, your whole dragon has, has changed as a result. Um, you used to be a happy gay clown. And now, yeah, yeah. happy gay clown. <laughs> used to be high glam, beauty, like, um, and now because of this one shady moment, um, it's all downhill. Um, no, it really wasn't even that big, big a thing. But just, oh no, it's a huge thing. Taylor Trash, we're outing, we're outing them. Oh, I can't believe these judges on the Gold Rush. I can't even. I just, I'm, I'm so. Oh, but like, I, I think so. My, my thing is, especially with, with, I, I this is an important thing as well when, when it comes to drag competitions, is that I have done drag competitions where one week I'll go to one venue and I'll do a lip sync number and they'll go, oh, you did one track straight through. And I'll go, yeah. And they'll mm. go, oh, we, we kind of like mashups. Like a mashup would be cute. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, like, objectively, I did a good number. Like, yeah. I, know, I know it was good. Obviously, this was a few years ago mine, so my drag was still... I mean, it's still terrible, but like it was worse than terrible. Like it was still so like it was bad, but like, it was okay. It was a journey. It's a journey. It's a journey. It's a very very long 
long, long journey. A very long journey. <laughs> I, I just, so I love how, like, people's glow up during, like, quarantine. I'm just like, I wish my glow up would get a bit, like, I wish my glow up would just, I can't. I just, I, one day, one day. One day I'm gonna. One day I'm gonna get a, a a moment where like it's just gonna be perfect, but um yeah. So like I remember this a couple of years ago where I did this one gig where they were like, oh, we'd like a mashup, and and then two days later did, um, I was like, oh okay, because it was in my head. I was like, oh, judges like mashups, so I did a mashup, and then literally one of the judges was like, oh, we kind of like it when the the song goes all the way through. I was like. Why am I even here? Why am I? E why drag? Why even drag? And then it was at that moment because uh, I can tell you who it was, and I will. I, it won't be. It won't be shady because they came up after. So, um, Frida Slaves, phenomenal performer, great friend of mine, love him to death. She was judging uh, Lip Sync One Thousand, and actually, I could tell you the second, the first person as well. Um, the uh, so Frida Slaves came up to me afterwards because she, she said you know aesthetically like i didn't really care for it but also i liked i loved your routine but it just didn't fit for the the venue for the time for the night just and it wasn't my wasn't that wasn't the only reason why i didn't want you to go through like there were other reasons and she explained she broke it down for me and i was like okay you're actually and on top of that like she because she like it was very abrupt when I was standing on stage, I'm like, what do you mean you don't like, <laughs> what do you mean you don't like mashups? No. And like, she came up to me after and she was like, I need to apologize. I want to explain in detail why I said what I said. Here's my reasoning. And that made me warm to her instantly. Knowing I know who you are. I know what you're about. I love everything about you right now. Um, even though in my head, I was like, I hate you for life. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, she, she's phenomenal. But then the the person before that was season one of the UK drag race, Cheryl Hole, who was like, I prefer one song straight through because she's a dance, like she likes those high energy dance numbers. And so her aesthetic was more, the vibe was like, why don't you do a high energy dance? Like, anyway, it was a full journey. And I think what it is, is like, we can all, even strong performers, Cheryl Hull, Frida Slaves, myself, <laughs> throw myself, <laughs> throw myself in there. Uh, you can, you can all. I think we can all fall into that category, maybe, um, when we're judging or critiquing or like observing a performance. To go like, I have my preconceived. So. Um, one person might enjoy a mashup while someone might enjoy a, uh, a song straight through someone might enjoy musical comedy some might enjoy drag kings but then not enjoy um afab performers or like there are like lots of preconceived judgments and um things in our brains internalized that we go oh i don't like this and then you have to think to yourself why don't i like this and is this a valid reason and should I change my opinion? Does that make sense? I think so. I'm not really sure, to be honest. I just went on a rant. <laughs> you did. I just... But I'm glad that you got it out of your system. Thank you. 
It's been years coming. Free to slaves, Cheryl Hall, if you're listening. I love you both, but I will. Um, no, I think. I, 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 <laughs> no, but like, so I guess my thing is drag competitions do you, you do you. And yeah. if it needs improvement, there are going to be people in the industry that are going to be there to support you. I yeah. think that's, I think that was the vibe I was going for. But then I went, I went on a tangent. Off. I went off. It should be, uh, this show should be about you. And I just got on and like it. I, it's, it was, it was mental health awareness week two weeks ago. Like, give me, cut me some slack. Just give me a moment. This is my moment. Um, so Anita, I, because this is a news show, um, we like to talk about news, queer events, things in the, in the happenings, things that are happening in and about the place times, um, uh, are you educated? Question mark. Mm, depends who you ask. <laughs> okay. So that's a no. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. So, um, yeah. Dur Durham okay. university. Yeah. Durham University, um, every, the universities are having to alter or change the way that they're doing things. And Durham University um, has been doing lots of Freshers Week stuff in the last couple of weeks. And uh, they had an LGBTQI plus inclusion team welcoming sort of Zoom chat where they're like, hey, you're all queer. Let's get queer up in here. Let's have a Zoom party. Let's put some music on and be you know ridiculous and here's here's some of the things that you can do at durham university but also it's social distancing Blah. um so durham university did something really amazing there but then unfortunately because um this is a zoom chat and it's open access to multiple people unfortunately there are some less than nice people who entered the chat and started throwing homophobic slurs started like playing music offensively loud people just being troll like and just verbally being being that sort of teenage boy energy you know what i mean that sort of like that stupid like i can't even and so um they had to um essentially cut the zoom chat short in the the freshness because there were so many people within the the zoom chat that were feeling uncomfortable or just feeling not welcomed durham um obviously is a very welcoming and open and very accepting and tolerant um university but unfortunately it reminds me that you know there's still a way to go um what are your thoughts on this situation well, i hope they got kicked out of uni well, I mean, so the hard thing is, is they, there were no names. There were no, like, it was hard to track the people who were doing the thing. So, and also they might not actually even be enrolled at the university as well. It might be like, I could, essentially, I could have got the, the um, Zoom chat code and then done it myself. So, and I could have hidden my face. I could have hidden my profile. You know, there's ways around these things um especially on the internet um so i i guess it reminds me that these spaces like this are important even yeah. today and they aren't um immune to people coming in and being being stupid in fact people 
somebody obviously targeted them. You know, you have to see that and think, I'm going to go in and do that. Yeah. Get the code in order to do. That's what worries me about these people that do these kind of things. Like, you can kind of understand laddish behavior to a degree, but mm-hmm. even though that shouldn't be part of our culture at all. Yeah. But to have that kind of uh, premeditated hate, that's weird and not cool. Yeah, no, I fully agree. It, it, it doesn't make sense to me at all that people, like, I'm a, I mean, I'm a hateful person generally, like, I'm a shady person, but like, in my heart, yeah, but in my heart, <laughs> I don't, like, I just, I can't, it doesn't make sense to me to actively, like you said, to actively think, okay, I want to throw hate there in their direction. I'm going to actively annoy, frustrate, undermine their identity by doing these actions. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't compute with my head. Um, Let's, let's go. I know know this is going to be difficult for you, Anita, but like uh, there is a very positive news article that I found. And so as, as the sad gay clown, you might feel, feel um, difficulty with showing this emotion. But uh, Levi Davis is an openly bisexual rugby player and um, he has recently come out during uh, COVID, during lockdown, during the sort of uh, the uprising of the Black Lives Matter movement that has been catapulted into global um, the global sphere. Um, so Levi Davis has gone like all these things have sort of pigeon, uh, not what's the word? catapulted him into going Mm. now is my time i can openly come out as bisexual um which is an amazing situation of yeah definitely um do you find because we were talking about this off camera do you find um visibility being in do you think it's important oh absolutely 100 percent. yeah yeah especially in fields where whether it's work or media that have a very um heterosexual culture so that sort of thing isn't common like there's no out football players to my knowledge yeah and those sort of experiences must be really difficult if you're trapped there no i i fully agree and i think i think we as drag performers uh we are quite well, even me as a sort of i guess radio media personality as well is that like you're surrounded by queer people constantly and so it's not it, I, I do you find it do you okay do you find this slightly difficult sometimes where i'm because i'm surrounded by queer people a lot of the time like my main like the people around my in my life are queer or queer adjacent and so i'm like yes queen i feel safe and welcome and doesn't blah, blah, blah. but then like like today i walked to the waitrose in a skirt didn't realize i was wearing the skirt until i left the like flat and i was like oh i'm wearing a skirt oh it's too late now walk into waitrose wearing a skirt and i'm like this is my life this is my life um yeah. but so do you do you feel because i i'm assuming my assumption is that you're similar to me and that you're uh, surrounded by a lot of queer people in a safe space, do you find uh, the okay visibility is important? Yes, but then also, do you find that when you go into these sort of, for lack of a better word, mainstream places where where your sexuality is, you know, kind of like a oh, 
do you, do you yeah. feel less welcomed and that kind of stuff or no? Um, yes, I do. I've, I suppose I'm quite fortunate that I've managed to construct my life in a way that means I have to do that very few times. Mm -hmm. you know, like I live with my partner, I have friends who are queer. So all the circles that I move in are uh, comfortable to be in. Same. Uh, but I, I, I think whenever I leave London, I always get really surprised at how different it feels and how you become quite um, sanitized in your little queer bubble mm -hmm. where, where you know you have your understandings of the world and that's how it is and then you suddenly step out and it's could be quite different yeah and i think i think this is so like when we talk about coming out and i think I think visibility and when we say like to be openly visible i think we are maybe in a position of privilege in this respect where we are in this sort of safe nurturing bubble where we have now got people at in our corner that are mm. willing and able to defend us and like help us in that journey whereas there are people like you said in the in the sports industry who maybe because the the sports industry is very masculine dominated for both men and women um you know being openly queer in any aspect would be confrontational to that sort of that um that that dynamic and they'd yeah. be like oh you can't be a rugby player and like gays like oh i just make yeah. um whereas like you being a drag queen me being a drag queen <laughs> being like oh you like gays like yeah i'm a drag queen like that's what it is um so you know so to uh i my hopes my hopes is that him being able to come out and be open about his sexuality will then open the door for other people to open that as well. My assumption though, my assumption is that his teammates probably already knew for multiple months or for a while. And this was the situation where he's like, I need to tell the press, I need to tell the wider community because it's important because I think locker room chat for someone who's played sp <laughs> played sports occasionally in the past um that sort of locker room banter which is not too dissimilar actually really to like backstage at a at a gig you know the banter that happens backstage yeah you know we're gonna have a kiki we're gonna ha we're gonna talk about our lives and our situation so like I'm sure people knew he was bisexual at some point. He was open with his teammates and um, I'm, I'm glad, I'm happy, I'm, I'm proud that he has uh, taken that step to yeah, um, share that with the world. Uh, speaking of sharing things with the world, bowling <clears throat> on the grass, the, uh, the, the grassy, knoll, the, knoll, the field with the bowl, with the grassy. No. The, the the octogenarians are out there with their bowls and they are bowling and in portsmouth there was a bowls club that uh had a what are they called like a, a perspective they had like a, a plan to go like because this is a women's bowling club you need to do this 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 right so great this is their perspective this is their outline this is what they're doing unfortunately what um in recent months uh 
there have been a couple of trans women who have started wanting to um, participate in the bowls, and so they've had to amend their um, their perspective, their 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 outlines, and they would they included, and I'm going to read them out. Um, they have since, thankfully, they have since taken these down, but. Um, some of the things that they had on their sort of on their website was even though it, even though the transsexual will wish to present obviously as female she will do best by presenting herself in an understated fashion including not wearing too much makeup few ladies lady bowlers vamp up on the green that's one of the statements that they said um, uh. <laughs> right uh, uh, the transsexual must similarly understand that concerns that the club members may have, she will gain more sympathy by acting reasonably with a friendly manner. Uh, again, what what they've since taken it? They've since taken these down because there was a lot of backlash um, with these statements. Understandably, what are your thoughts on on this? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing mm -hmm. that they are welcoming and trying to find trying to find yeah morsel of, of goodness yeah but they shouldn't have had to change anything yeah i think there's, there's a distinction there and yeah. i don't see what what they were trying to achieve by that maybe it was ignorance yeah. but no, I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's I think it's fear of the unknown. I think it's I'm trying to cover my bases. Um, I'm going to do this outline. I'm going to share these things so that they feel welcome, but also the current members feel welcome as well. But they sort of missed the mark. So like it reminds me of a situation when I was working in Australia at um, a bakery and my area manager came up and came up and talked to me and was like, oh, Wayne, I didn't realise you led an alternative lifestyle. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm gay. What was what was the question? Like, so I think, I I mean, that's, that's the vibe. But like, so I think my hope is that this Bowls Club in Portsmouth is well-intentioned and they're trying to do the right thing and, but they've just hit the mark, hit, missed the mark a little bit and they've got, they've, they've, my thinking anyway, and I think you may be similar, is that um, they've just, there's too much differentiation. You go, all women, like women in yeah. general, when they're playing lawn bowls, they don't vamp up. Doesn't matter if they're a trans woman or a woman. Doesn't matter, like, doesn't matter if I'm doing bowls and I join in. Like, yeah. it, it, it's just like, you should just say, women don't vamp up or don't, yeah. don't wear makeup or like, who cares? <laughs> Also, yeah. who cares if you're wearing makeup and bowling? Why can't you wear makeup when you're I know bowling? it's so weird. You know what? That's the tea. We're gonna we're gonna get up <laughs> we're gonna get up in full drag now and um we're gonna go to a bowls event and we're gonna be like, Oh I'm sorry, did you say don't wear makeup? I'm sorry. <laughs> just, just, say, just I've just got an understated like a lip. <laughs> oh, okay, Anita, I know this is your vibe. So prepare yourself for a sad face because it has now come to the end of the show. Oh. Oh, I know. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, no genders, that was Driving You Homo, the radio show podcast YouTube extravaganza, where we delve into everything within the queer sphere 
that you need to hear. As always, I'm Wayne Carter. You can follow me at One Wayne Carter. You can follow Driving You Homo at Driving You Homo. You can like, favorite, comment, subscribe, rate, do all the things. Please do things. Help me become better and don't go on rants. <laughs> that would be helpful. Um, you can also follow Anita Pierce at Anita Pierce on all social media. She is phenomenal. Check out her content. Um, she has upwards of two followers on Instagram, uh, <laughs> is, is what I've been told. Um, Anita, I love you, gal. And talk soon. Bye. Bye.